Oh, that's how you know you've had a good day. I've had a very good day. Uh... Someone a blow job. <laughs> those, those two facts can be connected. I heard some jaw, man. <laughs> you would know. I'm gonna take that on advice. Um... I hope you're not <laughs> Say something else funny so I can introduce this. <laughs> I can't introduce Blow jobs, blow jobs, blow jobs. <laughs> You know what? If you think about it, given the fact that the pollen was blown down from the mountains, this was all technically a blow inside job. Correction, sir, that sucked down from the mountains. <laughs> Welcome to Star Trek. Welcome track to track. Star Trek, 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 Trek. Oh. You know you're going to use that take, so let's just keep rolling. Yeah, guess what? It's not gonna get any better than this. No, you're true. This was, uh, this was, uh, Enterprise's third episode, A Strange New World, the, uh, first proper away mission for the Starfleet types in the 22nd century. Uh, this was written by Berman and Braga. This is a classic oh, script. This is, this is from the showrunners themselves. However, this was directed by, drumroll please, David Livingston of pretty much directed everything in Star Trek from Didn't the Minds. Didn't he direct Generations? Uh, he may well have done i actually didn't know that uh, the mind's eye power play the dies cast sons of moog futures end scorpion equinox shuttle pod one uh loads of he's based so prolific in star trek so he is is, is part of sorry the, i was the thinking of david carson david carson okay yes uh yeah so yeah we've just literally just finished watching this and it's it's uh, it's a horror story it's an away mission it's a feel-good story it's a it's a, a morality play it's a little it's got a little spice of everything in there it's got some cgi it's got archer not piloting very well it's got porthos taking a shit in the woods it's got a little bit of everything like what more do you want it's an sda campaign really it kind of is yeah it's camping some people freaking out over bugs, bugs in, in their sheets, chain yeah. freaking bags, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you, want you know what? I'm going to come out and say it. Go on. Like Enterprise one and two, like season one and two, are I think kind of weak overall. I think they are. They don't have a very strong identity of their own, and the strongest identity they have is when they lean into the setting and the point of the doing the prequel, which is that things are different. This Starfleet mm. is in its infancy. None of these people have field experience. The furthest they've ever gone is like a moon of jupiter that's the farthest they've ever gone and then when they're put in a real situation that they're not prepared for because they're idiots and they you know mm. they don't think these things through they get fucking wrecked by pollen and it's like that's <laughs> what would happen if you're this version of starfleet like what we have seen of this version of starfleet that has promoted jonathan archer to captain i'm sorry this is what it would look like <laughs> i mean it conflates to this when why they... like when they appear on the planet for the first time and T'Pol goes like, this is a scientific mission, not shortly. And he's like, well, why not both? You know, let, let's go out and have some fun. And then you get the field of the guy standing in the, the flowers, planet deeply yet. sniffing them. And I get just go, this shit's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm going to have that. The role he might have been rolling around in them. <laughs> the role of the small, cute Mexican child will be played by Jonathan Archer. <laughs> <laughs> now, controversial opinion. Yeah, no, this, is, this is Archer's probably most competent episode in most of Enterprise, so far, maybe. At least. He's pretty good in this. He's... Oh, so far, easily. Yeah, true. There are other moments of competence, but this is, he's actually been pretty good here. He mm. was a, a strong, reassuring voice of command, and he was like drawing on his personal experience with his like you know friends and his crew to try and pull him through a crisis. 
He was like thinking on his feet. He was reacting. He was actually being proactive about fixing the problem. Archer did a good job. Score was an eleven. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was. Yeah, yeah. Reason plus command, difficulty four, and he succeeded. You're very well done. <laughs> Thank you, Medivius. Um Yeah, no, right. Yeah, so we we okay. So you guys like it? Uh, I think this episode sucks. Now Ooh. I am a serial. <laughs> Rewatcher, Frasier, 24, mm. Star Trek, almost every series. I love to binge watch seasons at a time, usually while I'm doing other stuff. And I never, ever skip an episode mm. to, to the point where I, like, I, must, I feel like I'm weird sometimes. People are like, oh, I always skip this one. I don't like this character, mm. this and that. So I never skip them. But like, I, I come close this. to skipping this one because oh. this nothing happens. I no, there's no this is, you know and i've knocked and i've knocked discovery before for being yeah. like every season the world ends and they have to save the universe and like that's too far in one direction this is too far in the other direction nothing happens it's like they may have well done a time play. and again uh rewipe at the end so that so that it didn't technically happen so it kind of i disagree it, entirely yeah, i do as well uh i think like you know we get more we get like enterprise follows the sort of same episodic formula that other star trek shows do but we do get a bit of that serializing serialization flash in there with a bit of trip and to relationship okay cutler's there as well uh and mayweather's the usual useless lumpy always is but um you, you do kind of get the he was so of, happy to be there by the way yeah he's just smiling on the bridge jesus christ um <laughs> And yeah, I, I, yeah. I think we do. This is a character play. This is uh, also, okay, the pollen idea is dumb as fuck. Like, they could have just had, like, some other way of making them go out of their minds. But I, I, I liked that, that it's turned them against each other a little bit. And having Trip, who was supposed to be the first officer before T'Pol come along, um, literally challenging T'Pol over, well, space rocks. Over space rocks. Hmm. Yeah, no, the thing I like about this episode is that, so there's a few things. One, it takes full advantage of your setting. Like like we were talking about with like time and again, it's really interesting that we're talking about these like so close together. Um, and they're really informing this discussion. But I said about that one that you could watch that and it could be a TNG episode minus one scene, pretty mm -hmm. much. It was no difference, actually. This story <clears throat> This story can only be told in Enterprise, really. Because mm -hmm. any further in the timeline, you'd be like are you really telling me that like, sensors aren't advanced enough to pick up on this plollen? Are you really telling me that a Starfleet crew would be this inexperienced and this incompetent? Are you really telling... Yeah, I am. Because mm. it's 2151, and these guys ain't seen shit. They don't know nothing. You couldn't tell the story on Voyager. Straight up, you would. It'd be way, it'd be stretching no, they credulity. Did. That was the you'd, one where they have to go got trapped on the planet and Chakotay had to build a bathtub. Yeah, what, the one where they nearly had sex? Yeah, that's totally what's happening in the cave, I Can we review that one instead? <laughs> you wish. So, yeah, that's the first thing. I, it takes full advantage of the setting. You could not tell the story in TNG. It wouldn't make any sense. So I, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, although yeah. it, it is hilarious that one of the selling points is like, look how incompetent they are, and that's that's part of the story. Because uh, you want to see at least some of it. No, no. Like I, I've said before, like I love yeah. how they they can't just beam out of situations because of the exactly. setting. That mm. that makes and them more interesting. The, 
one of the standout scenes of this episode is they tried that and it <laughs> fucks the guy up so badly with some body horror. It's great. <laughs> the shuttle going back and forth and back and forth was pretty funny too. Yeah. But, no, but I think the setting hurts it because we got a full half an hour of either ghost stories or just yelling at each other in a cave. And it felt like it dragged on forever. Like, nothing happened. No, the thing is, it's actually yeah. a lot of character growing here. Like, I think there's a because no, if you we'll, think about we'll what, if you think about what we now know more about these characters and what we know more about the world, like we've we got to hear people talking in Vulcan. Um, we got to hear a bit more about Trip's like actual backstory and about what life um in the 2150s looks like, where you have like 11 year old kids who are being taught by Vulcan biology teachers. That's fascinating. That's a really cool mm. idea that like a kid from Florida is being taught by a Vulcan and there's a cultural clash and he was terrified. That's awesome. That's a cool part of, and again, that's again, only you can be told this part of this like na a fledgling part of earth's history. Um, you have all the stuff with the mistrust and the prejudice against the Vulcans, which again doesn't really make sense to any other part of the Star Trek history, where it's like Vulcans are arguably the most known race ever. Well, it's like, a, it's a lot in TOS, like Balance of Terror, big time. They don't yeah, know Vulcans all that well. The, the, the Romulans, rather than because of Vulcans' well, intrinsic nature. Right, but I mean, all you, you see one one picture of a Romulan, and suddenly everyone except Kirk hates Spock's guts. Like, what a traitor he is, you know? Uh, no, only Styles was like kind of being racist. Everyone else was like yeah, Styles, like Styles. Oh, that's just McCoy. Shit. <laughs> no, that's yeah. McCoy's just the, 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 he's the racist you can't fire because he's We're too Spock now. Let's do um, it. <laughs> let's damn do it. right. Um, all right, so and, let me pick at this character development because uh, Archer, as great as he was in this episode. Then takes like a precipitous downturn in terms of diplomacy for the rest of the series. Yeah. So, the character growth generally goes in like, like a building up positive direction. I, I think the main thing is but trip into he Paul. showed that he, but he yeah. showed yeah, that actually, he has this. Yeah. But he showed that he has this ability, and then he yeah. goes backwards for the rest of the series. No, you're right. Well, that, so, that's yeah. the problem with future Archer. I, I don't think it's fair to knock Archer being competent with, oh, well, he's stupid later. Yeah, he's stupid later, and that's a problem later, but right now he's being competent, and I like this version of Archer. Well, I'm not knocking not, him. Not I'm, just not, I'm just saying that's not a good example of character growth. It's it's more well, like no, that's a little thing, window into, that he has that ability. I think well, no, so that's we, the thing. I don't think yeah. that in... In this instance, I don't think what we see of Archer in this episode is meant to be character growth. It's a establishing character. It's establishing that he is a goofball who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing with the whole, I'm going to walk around on this planet without an EVA suit with my fucking NXO1 cap and try and give to Paul the most awkward hug in Starfleet history. But he can also be competent. When it when the chips are down and he has to step up, he can walk someone through this situation. That's character establishment. Character growth is what Trip and Paul get, yeah. which is where it's a case of these two are both naturally very like suspicious of each other. They've been sniping at each other at the captain's table in the other episodes that we've seen so far. There is a inherent distrust of each other due to biological essentialism that essentially boils down to prejudice and racism. Vulcans are all sneaky and you hold us all back. Humans are too irrational and stupid. And it's like, what happens when you are stuck in a cave know, with things are, that exacerbate your natural... <laughs> yeah, but exaggerate your tendencies and make you do things you otherwise wouldn't normally do. You get growth because it forces you to examine mm -hmm. the parts of you that get brought up. Like, uh, I don't necessarily agree with the saying that, you know, in Vino Veritas, like, I don't necessarily think that people are more like themselves when they're drunk, but I think it can be 
a informative look at certain character traits. And Trip, overall, in Enterprise, is not a very prejudiced or xenophobic character, but he is in this episode, and then he isn't because he is forced to confront it. And mm. like he says in the episode, challenge your preconceptions or they will challenge you. He had to... Uh, even if he didn't quite realize that he was being quite prejudiced against Vulcans in previous episodes. It's not as overt as maybe Archer, I'm gonna... Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And he grows past that. It's really important to him and to Paul's relationship that he overcome this hurdle. I think you're overselling it by quite a bit. Because there is... Mm. It's not watershed by any means. There is a moment, in fact... He he won't even apologize. He says, I guess I shot my mouth off. Like, that's the best he could offer after calling yeah. her names and and accusations and all sorts of stuff. And she's the one who says, maybe you should take his, the Vulcan teacher's advice. So, like, he brings up he brings up what uh, what the teacher said, but that's, like, as far as he goes. And she's, like, the one to push him further. So, it, it, he he's, he's drunk in the episode and ranting, and it's like... I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing because it does make you uncomfortable. You're watching a mm -hmm. character you're supposed to like be pretty much a racist asshole because he's drunk. And like, if you saw one of your friends do that in real life, you'd be like, Ooh, that I'm, it makes me feel certain things. And just for the sake of a TV show making you feel something, I do like that, but I didn't like no. them putting him in that light. The fact that you put him in that light and then he grows past it, and we know for a fact he does grow past it. Like, this is establishing growth that is going to continue. Like, this isn't something that gets dropped the instant. Mm -hmm. Like, they continue to go through these threads as time goes on. But you need to establish that even the most charming and heavily accented and wonderful characters on the show can have this unconscious bias and you so need to confront that like we, that's what i feel is important about this episode we have another aspect of this we're, we're not we're not forgetting which is the rock people which is of course we're a, mm. we're an advantage that we knew the plot going in we knew it was pollen all the way through yeah. so we're not taking it seriously i remember watching this for the first time and until you get to the right to the end you actually think there are aliens there you actually it does a clever way of kind of challenging your preconceptions like is he just going mad are they going mad is there actually creatures there yeah because the camera someone? is aligned with the human perspective you don't see it, it is yeah. perspective. you don't see anything there and it, it's it's it does keep you guessing like we're reviewing this to the point of that we've rewatched it and seen it before but i remember watching it first and like i said watch it for the first time like you you do doubt and you do wonder if maybe trip is right not obviously with the, the racial inclinations but maybe his uh no he was totally right <laughs> yeah, damn vulcans <laughs> yeah whatever mccoy <laughs> but whether you know these rock people are real is, is this a real sort of basis and i, I like that interplay like it, it doesn't work on a rewatch because you go oh no they're just mad from pollen but well you know on a first time watch it works a lot better because there's a genuine mm. little suspense from the ghost story that travis with the, the ghost story that went on too long but the um that well, kind yeah. of travis set up at the start you kind of it's it's a bit tacky it's a bit tropey but yeah it's it's and you know what uh, that, yeah like you said that's that that ghost story was a bit like it went on way too long mm. and Beep. anthony montgomery was not selling it all that Beep. much but <laughs> it does actually tie into another aspect of the setting that this kind of taps into which is that if Enterprise, like, runs into a problem and someone, like, say the entire crew dies, who's going to come get them? Mm -hmm. Vulcans. A Vulcan ship in, yeah. like, two months yeah. when they're all decayed and, like, they have to bring that back to Earth? That's the, like, that's the beauty space of... is yeah. unknown and terrifying. Like, we went into that with the, the, the fucking the Shroomies, right? I don't know if you've done that episode yet. Is that... No, no, yeah, this is, no. that's a little layer. But that's something that gets development in another thing, but space is way more dangerous in this era than it is in other ones. So you have to be aware of the fact that, yeah, you don't know shit. You don't know what the power relationships are in every quadrant. You don't know what could potentially be on any planet. You don't even know if silicone-based like, life is a possibility yet in this era. Mm -hmm. So 
the fact that like rock people maybe we don't know well i don't no, fucking know you ever seen a rock person i haven't yeah. rock like people but I, see I, I don't really like i don't think they did a good job of, of building up the danger first i think they put the cart before the horse they hit the tense music the close-ups on everyone freaking out before yeah. they'd shown anything that would slightly suggest that anything is off. And then, like, two minutes later, they show uh, uh, Montgomery sees, like, three people outside, and then, okay, maybe there's someone on the planet. And then I think by the time we get the rock people, we're pretty sure that something's wrong with them because Trip's acting way out of character. So by the time they introduce them, the audience is pretty sure that they're either not real or there's something off here. So it it didn't it felt less dangery to me and more, like... I think I we've, had a, we've had a precedent in Trek of like, you know, scanners failing or like even the shipboard things sort of like not detecting creatures on planets. Like, I'm looking right out and I'm no, I can't scan them, but I, they're right here. You know, that has happened in Trek before. So that's kind of yeah. what I was more inclined to go, even though Archer and crew and Topola saying, no, they're not real, but, you know, so, and benefit of the doubt, like Barkley and the transport. He's like, there are creatures in the transport. He's like, no, shut up, Barkley. You're talking rubbish. So there's a kind of a precedent for yeah. the, the every man seeing the things that the experts can't. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would take that as faith uh, at that time the heart yeah and it's also a case of you go from the scene of montgomery's like yeah uh, why we keep calling him montgomery because like fucking mayweather such a nothing character you see <laughs> travis sees those, those those people outside um and then you get back and you have that bit with the poll where it seems like you see it from cutler's perspective where she's talking to people and then she's like i didn't talk to anyone mm. and it's like that helps build up the thing of like okay and then you get rock people because you have the first one that comes out of the rocket trip and it's like that seems a bit out of the, you're like okay that seems a bit ridiculous but they do a bit here and there to keep it going for long enough until eventually it's like okay yeah no this is absolutely them going nuts but i feel like they keep up the charade long enough that it's an entertaining enough episode and then it becomes mm. more about the characters and how they react in the situation and you even get a little bit of character building for topol here where she says in vulcan to hoshi um you know play acting isn't a vulcan pastime but i'll do my best and it's like that was good. that's a nice little bit of yeah it's she a good little kind bit of, of character building she shatters like, up a little bit when she's talking to the vulcan she's like yeah. <laughs> it does sound a little bit like simlish doesn't it yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, the secret of Vulcan. Okay, how about let, let's transcend uh, before we go on to the entomological horror of this episode. Um, best, worst moments. I'm going to start with Auto. Best and worst moments. Well, are we wrapping up or are we just segueing? We can keep going for as long as you want. Because I do have something I wanted to hit on. If, if we're, we're, do, if do, we're that do that first. No, no, do that first and then we'll do the best yeah, and worst. You first, yeah. Uh, so all of my behind-the-scenes work ahead of time basically is just memory alpha. So I went ahead and looked, and something, one thing did jump out to me. I have a phantom cat. Maybe I'm the one sniffing pollen. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. They, they say during filming, which, by the way, is very important, during filming, Scott Bakula was concerned that it didn't seem right to kill off Novakovic without dealing with the loss. As originally mm -hmm. written, Novakovic was going to die like a, like a random red shirt. Quote, it was felt at the time that a death of a crew member would require time and sh time to show Archer and the crew dealing with the loss, and there wasn't time for such a scene. So the producers agreed with Bakula and revised the script so that Novakovich lived, even though the character was never seen again. So uh, if you've ever listened to Shuttle Pod show with uh, Connor Trenier and Dominic Keating, they talk all the time about everything has to be word perfect, word perfect, word perfect, sticklers on script. Mm. Not only was this during filming, not ahead mm -hmm. of time, this was episode four of... Uh, of of 
the new season. And so that shows a tremendous amount of cachet that Scott Bakula oh, had to did. say during yeah, filming, hey, we dog. should rewrite this because it just doesn't make sense. And then they did it. Mm. Like, so kudos to him for speaking out and yeah, just no, kind of blows my mind that like he, he has that kind of command just from episode four, right from the beginning. You know, like kudos to Bakula. I've never heard anything but nice things about him as an actor. And it's like, he's evidently a talented guy. I think he's like slightly miscast as Archer, but that's a pretty cool moment that he cares enough about the character. And because it would massively alter the dynamic if you had your first casualty. Because it's yeah. like, yeah. like uh, you even get a call out of the crew compliments, like 82 crew members. Like, if you lose one of that, that's not an insignificant loss, even if it's like a lower ranked like member of the crew. It's like, that's something that you have to deal with and put, put time into. More than Voyager ever did. Um, but like, 82 Enterprise crew on the wall. 82 Enterprise crew. <laughs> you take them down. One gets parrot, I guess you by transporter. <laughs> now you've got the D1 crew on the wall. Okay. Okay. Now we mean. Best and worst moments. Auto, carry on your wonderful dialogue. Uh, yeah. Bakul again. Archer showed the diplomatic uh, chops that we never knew he had and never again showed i mean sure he has moments here and there but it was it was just great because not only did he uh do the role well but he tapped into like a little bit of buddy buddy with trip you know he pulled on experience um, um pulled on his heartstrings and you know if you've ever tried to talk down a drunk friend it's not mm. as easy as it looks <laughs> so it, it was just oh it, we have great also we have tried to talk down a drunk friend <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worst. A worst one was just the. It just felt like a nothing happening. I was so bored out of my mind with this episode, and that's really hard to do for Star Trek. It just the stakes were too low. The pacing was wrong. I didn't like the, the way they used the setting. So, I know that's like a very broad critique, but uh, <laughs> boring. That's there, fair. I'll just say boring. Dull. You didn't like it here. Fair enough. Idol, what about you? Best and worst. Um, best. I liked T'Pol in this episode. I thought she was good. Mm. I enjoyed her. I, I enjoyed Jolene's portrayal of being almost sarcastic, snippy to balancing sort of like without out, you know, outright, outrightly saying you're being a dick trip. Put the fucking face down, please. You know, I, I liked how measured it was and her 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 method of dealing with the conflict was, you know call home and get some advice yeah. despite her and, and it's also nice yeah go on because it's like um with vulcan characters they so often fall into this temptation of let's just like induce some exterior factor that will make them lose control they did it with tuvok all the time in voyager yeah. and it kind of undermines the point of the vulcan character if you constantly make them lose their emotional control so even though they kind of do that with paul here she still retains more than enough control she is easily the one most in command and in control of herself in this situation to the point where you're like it's almost like a data thing where, like, if you know, if you had this in TNG and everyone else was going crazy, and data was the one you know who was like immune because of his you know, positronic nature or whatever, it would play out similarly. It's like it's nice the to see. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, mm. yeah. So yeah. I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Jolene's um, portrayal of T'Pol here. I've always, I think she's, she's an actress like that. I've warmed up over time i think it took me watching all of enterprise to actually go yeah. oh, no, actually I, I really appreciate what she's been doing with this character it's 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 subtle mm. and it's not it's just her style worst moment is probably the campfire story it went on too long there was a yeah. crane shot for no real reason <laughs> um, just like you know trying to make things a bit more suspenseful i think there was a 
Auto is touching on the point. I don't disagree entirely. This was a, a fairly almost a nothing episode. There was some character dynamics that I liked. I liked some of the suspenseful moments, but ultimately they go camping and it's a horror story. So I, I would kind of say like there are some moments where things just went on a bit too long, and the the, the horror story is one of them. Mm. I have a, a, a question for you guys. Um, so we have Cutler and Novakovic. I forget was there other some other schmuck? I guess not. Just those two. Mm. If they'd have done uh, maybe Archer or Flox or Reed or whatever, if they did all main cast down there, what would have it looked like? Would have been better Gosh. episode, worse Might episode, been... different episode? I don't know. I think it, I think they... it'd be worse actually because there'd be if if you have all main cast down there, you're going to think of guess what? Your names are in the opening credits. You ain't gonna die. Whereas, like, having two people who could yeah. potentially, like, you know, having Cutler and Novakovic down there, you're like, yeah, you could potentially kill off a crew member here. Social conflict works better with, with less people involved. Otherwise, it comes a bit more of a, conf a clusterfuck. So having Topol versus Trip in this situation, one being crazy Florida man and one being slightly less crazy Vulcan woman, um, was was interesting. I mean, if you add, like, Archer in there and then Flocks, you have to have cutaways, you have to have, like... I don't know, it just feels like it would be too many cooks in the kitchen at that point, having the, the minimum well, I, I just mean re replacing the the, yeah. the one-offs with characters, even if they're the I same amount of I think Archer's too strong to not interfere with that dynamic. I think Mayweather, okay. unfortunately, was on the same level as Crewman Cutler in this scenario, and that he was just <laughs> sort of sitting back and just kind of, like, letting the drama happen. So it was a bit of a shame on that front, because Mayweather could have probably got some good character development. They go, well, what if she's right? No. You know? <laughs> it could have, no, he could never. have. But he was not allowed. Uh, stars, no. best, worst moments. Uh, best moment, I'd probably just give it to Connor Trenier for the entire episode because, oh, yeah. like, it's really easy to portray paranoia and, like, the you know, kind of drunkenness as just constantly shouting it. But he, he, he kept it measured enough that he wasn't just a raving lunatic. He, like, this is coming from a personal angle from him. There's, like, a degree of, like, there is a degree of control in what he's doing where it's just a case of his inhibitions are lowered, but he is still himself, you know, type thing. Um, and he plays that very well to the point where I, I was never like, God, I fucking hate Trip. I fucking hate Trip. I'm so tired of Trip. It's like, no, it's like, Trip is in a mind-altered... Uh, is succumbed to mind-altering agents that he's used to. Um, and he's having a, a problem, and it's like, well, you've got to get him through the situation without anyone getting hurt, because he'll regret it a lot if something happens to that can't be reversed. And Trinir, just he's just one of the most consistent performers in Enterprise. He does a really good job here. Uh, worst moment? Uh, I'm trying to think of what I would say. Is that probably the CGI on the rock people, and it's like, I feel like that's probably <laughs> acceptable Greg just because... Back. Yeah, no, like, Greg Neck actually unironically looks better and has more motion to him. Here it's just, like, put a, a rock texture over a bad 3D model of a human coming out of a rock. Um, and it's like, it's one of those things where uh, I'm like, yeah, that's bad CGI, because it's like, what are you going to de like, devote your budget to? Um, going on location and, like, you know, selling that this is their first, like, proper away mission on the planet with, like, you know, fields and forests that feels earth-like or are you going to spend it on a cgi creature you see for five seconds in the finished product you're going to devote it to the things that matter so yeah it's probably the weakest part of the episode but i still feel like it's like it holds together for what it needs to do just fine and the uncanny valley can sometimes work in its favor in that respect i want to drop a thought in here before we wrap up mm. with a uh, number of awkward archer reach arounds out of ten <laughs> 
That job you is so fun. I, 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 I want to fight you over this job now because it really is fun. Um, so I mentioned earlier, it is it is kind of nice as a viewer to, to when a show makes you feel something. Mm. And the sort of secondhand embarrassment when Trip is drunkenly going off, it's like, better not say something you can't pull back. Mm. Uh, I have been known to enjoy a, an adult beverage from time to time. And some years ago, really? I said I said something while intoxicated that was very hurtful to someone that I really love. And so mm. that's the kind of shtick that they, they don't normally cover on Star Trek because mm. it's, you know, drunk on TV. It's like, ha-ha, he's drunk, he's acting a fool or whatever. But yeah, the fact that they took a pretty serious tack with this, even though they couldn't call it drunkenness, I, I do appreciate because... Yeah, I think we can disagree about the extent of character growth, but it was definitely some kind of catalyst. And so, yeah, I think they handled that part, especially the little resolution where they talk and they're both sober. They handled that well. I think they could have extended that. I think they could have cut some of the campfire scene to have like a scene on the Enterprise with Topolan and Trip, kind of like you know, hands in a proper apology would have been appreciated, or maybe like a a little bit of a like, I'm sorry, Commander, you know. Or something along those lines. Yeah. So uh, that is, you're not yeah. wrong about a proper apology would have gone a long way for this. Mm. But yeah, like I feel like yeah, you're right. I, I I do appreciate the resolution for that. So stars, how many awkward Archer reach arounds out of ten <laughs> will you be giving this uh, metric? Oh, this episode. Sorry. <laughs> I I love that everyone has discovered how much fun it is to do those. <laughs> um, they are they are the best. I would probably give this an eight. Actually, wow. I would give this eight awkward reach around uh, hugs because I feel Oof. like. It's very competently shot. There's some like good, like almost X Files in shots where they're like, you know, like blurry. Wait, wait, what was that around it? Like, they don't linger on it too much. Um, Excuse me. I feel like they they do a lot with a very sparse set. Like it's like you a, a field and a cave for the majority of the thing and standing sets. Um, I even really like the opening scene with Cutler and Novakovic, which has a bit more of a lower decks feel, where it's like, you know, we don't fucking get told shit. I thought we were going near a nebula, and it's like, well, you clearly weren't told, but because you don't need to be part of the chain of command, it's not your job to know that. And that's like, it's always cool to see it filter down through the ranks and see it from a lower deck uh, perspective. Um, I really enjoy Jolene Blalock and Connor Trenier in this. They do great work. Archer is like actually competent for once. Reed gets a few you know, bits and pieces here, and it's like. This is what I wanted way more of out of Enterprise season one and two than what I actually kind of got, mm. which we're going to go into other episodes. So, yeah, I'd give it an eight. An eight. I'm really happy with this episode. I like it. Auto. Idol. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not that generous. I appreciate it was a standard episode. It was enjoyable. Uh, I'm not going to say it's one of the best. I'm not going to say it, it's genre mm. defining or anything like that. I, I, I will sit. Firmly in the middle and give it a five point five. I would say that's mm. just just it's there. It's in the middle. It's not not bad, not great, perfectly fine. It's it's a cromulent episode of Star Trek. <laughs> cromulent. <laughs> Someone had to do it. See now, I thought cromulent was a more positive word than that. It was. I thought it in big end of the episode. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's perfect. I've always used cromulent in a kind of in an average way. Is, yeah, okay. that's my interpretation of the word. It could mean whatever you want it to mean. Also. How many reach arounds are you giving me? <laughs> I'm not giving you. I'm giving it to Paul. Thank you very much. Hey. Uh, I appreciate the, the the spread of opinions we have about this episode. Mm. It's uh, it's the kind of uh, episode we haven't done too much here on Trek Trek. 
I will give well, this it's nice to have a spirited discussion about theming and character mm. growth instead of, man, that kid's acting was sure was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's pretty fun too, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is fun, but it's, sometimes it's nice to, di to dig into the nitty-gritty. So how many reach-arounds? Sam, come on. I'll give a strange, a strange New World a 2.5 Archer reach-arounds out of 10. Ooh, wow. This, like I said, very few episodes that's that I right. consider skipping, this is one of them. I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't like... I don't. I don't. I don't want to rehash too much. I just. It didn't do it for me, hmm. and it wasn't like overtly offensive like some episodes are. But I would rather be entertained by something, even if it's terrible, than just be not entertained. So, so that brings us to an average of five point three for the episode because we've had a higher low and now a middle. So, it's, so Idol was right. Hey, I win. What do uh, I win? I, 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 can I can I up my score to a nine? Uh, too late. <laughs> no, too Arms raise, yeah. which unfortunately <laughs> now brings we we were at, last week we we're at, uh, last episode we we're at Star Trek was at a six Star Trek uh, overall rating of all of Star Trek we watched so far is now a five point nine it's going down. You're making Star Trek worse <laughs> by not liking this episode. You <laughs> villain ratings. So far we have raised Star Trek at five point nine. If you want to see all these ratings, you can see them on our website trek-time.com along with all the articles and fun things we do also join discord watch it on twitch all that stuff you know what to do like and subscribe oh, i've got to say it, haven't i anyway we'll see you like in a couple of weeks hit that time. like button cranky uh, start making more alt accounts that's what we really need <laughs> yeah i know for real we know you're listening and you too, Danjamin. Uh, right, the next uh, two weeks' time, we'll be reviewing uh, the Discovery episode, The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. We will see you then. Live long, prosper. Oh, I love that episode. Hooray! Bye!